Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning. Tip, tip of the cap to tip of the tip. Be- cat, just the cat, just cats. Cats, tip. cats, cats tip. Tip of the cap. Terry Wilson. He's gonna throw. Conrad. Touchdown, Kentucky. Touchdown, Kentucky. <laughs> Victory, Kentucky. Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, Rubbish. There's buggers over here. <laughs> Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bats. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wow. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20. Down. Five. Touchdown. Kentucky. Jesus, Rash. Get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Wacky Wednesday to you. October 19th, 2022. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here Roll on There you go. There you go. We got Matt Sack in the house. We're happy to have him. We'll say hello to him in a second. Scooch, you want to clear your throat a few more times during the intro? Maybe cough up some phlegm if you need to. Is every what? What was that? I did not realize my mic was on, so my bad. <laughs> it's 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 the it's the Monday it's Wednesday of all time. It's like touchdown, <coughs> Kentucky. Uh, that's my our f- producer Justin Kalen. My fault. My fault. It's all right. It really wasn't that bad. But you did. You heard the background of the intro at the station, and then I was like, "Oh, he didn't use mic. It needs to fix that." And then it was just uh, a couple <laughs> throat clears, a little cough here or there. No, it really wasn't that big of a deal. Matt Sack, how are you, buddy? Uh, is this your Kentucky roll call debut as a co-host? I know we had you on as a guest uh, a couple months back. It absolutely is. I'm I'm doing great. I got to do the roll call this morning. I got up early and texted Scoots, made sure it was okay. Um, and so far, I'm doing pretty good. I remembered to mute my mic, like after you told me to a minute ago, and scoots to not. So I think I'm one up on the day. Exactly. You're already off to a, a good start. It is very early for UK student Matt Sack. They don't normally, students don't normally wake up before seven o'clock, but he's a trooper. He's doing it for us. I, I think you do have a class at nine o'clock, so you'll have to get out of here just a little bit early, but we appreciate any and all time. Matt Sack, you probably have seen him on Twitter, at Matt Sack BBN. If you have not, make sure you give him a follow. And he's he does a podcast of his own, Courtside Connect. Uh, I've been hoping someday to get an invite on it. And he writes for Caps coverage, uh, covering UK sports. But what else am I missing? Anything else? Uh, th- those A good introduction? No, you covered it all. I appreciate the plug. But, yeah, I was hoping to have you on the pod a couple of times but it wasn't able to work out and just with school being as busy as it could we haven't been able to record as much as we wanted to but we should have you on soon we'll make it at like 7 a.m too we'll do it on like yeah. a saturday i'll feel really at home if you do it that way so yeah that, that that'll work out great uh all right good stuff so if you've got any questions on the thornton's text line for matt go ahead and send them on in 502-414-1450 do you want do you want us to call you matt or sack on on the show 
I respond to both as well as Matt Sack and Matt Sack BBN. So whatever you're comfortable with, whatever Scoots is comfortable with, I will respond to. What about spike ball season sack? Is that okay? I like that. Yeah, we actually had our first spike ball match of the year um, to, on Monday night. We got absolutely crushed by Asbury, but it was a moral victory. So, Wait, um, you're actually on the UK spike ball team? Yes, I'm vice president of it. Me and a couple of my friends invented the club last year. It did not. It was not a thing, and we made it a thing. So we're still learning, we're still growing, and we're getting our butts beat by colleges like Asbury. But yes, it is a real thing, and I am on it. That's pretty awesome. I had no idea. Well, congrats on starting that. That's that's a that's a cool move. Spike ball. It's a incredible workout. I don't think people realize how much cardio goes into it. Although we got to do something if Asbury's kicking Kentucky's teeth in. We got to figure something out about that, Zach. Yeah, we're going back to the drawing board. We got practice tonight and tomorrow night, so I don't know. We're going to be running, running a lot, doing a lot of drills, staying late, and yeah, it's going to be. Very similar to how Mark Stoops ran practice after that South Carolina loss and got us right from Mississippi State. So I, I'm going to use that as inspiration. I love it. I love it. Uh, it's, a good, it's a good example as well. Did I've played spike ball several times. I love it. I think the issue that I've had, I've only played in like probably two or three actual competitive games where like everybody that was playing could kind of run around, jump, dive. Because sometimes you'll play with older people – or even some younger people that's like they just don't have really like the power or the agility to move around and play spike ball the way that it needs to to be played uh i bet that this is pretty high level is my guess right if you're doing a college club these people are probably pretty athletic pretty good this isn't just the fun little family beach spike ball games that you see on vacation i guess Yes, absolutely. I would not define it as a game. I would define it as a sport. And my hamstrings and every other muscle in my legs right now would define it as a sport because I'm still very sore two days later. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt about it. What else is going on campus? This is a unique chance for Kentucky Roll Call to get a, get a feel for what students are feeling, what's new on campus. It doesn't have to necessarily be sports-related. Um, and then also to bring it back around sports, this is a really fun time of the year. You had mentioned – that you just finished midterm, so now you can kind of let your hair down a little bit more as we slowly inch our way to dual sports season where you have basketball and football going on. Always seemed like as a student there was something going on. You may have a game on a Tuesday night, a football game on a Saturday, another basketball game on a Sunday. Uh, it's a really fun time to be on UK's campus. So everything else going on, going well as in UK student land? Anything else? Any drama? Any it, did you ever hear about the foot stabber as well before your time? I did not hear the foot stabber. When we were in college, Zach, there was uh, an unsolved mystery of somebody going around Willie T and stabbing people in the foot, and they never could find the person. But it happened, I and mean, this is not a joke, it happened like six or seven times where people just be studying at the library. It wasn't, it wasn't you only at, at Willie T. It was at a few other locations, if I remember correctly, but Willie T is where he, he or she, whoever it was, really became notorious uh, and infamous for going around and stabbing people not wearing shoes or wearing sandals. Yeah, that was a real thing that happened. And they didn't catch them? Like, how do you not catch someone stabbing your foot? That's what I wonder, too. It's like, all right, so you, you stab, like a lot of times it happened in the basement. The person would have their foot stabbed. They'd be wearing sandals or something. And I was like, all right, what happened over the next five minutes? Do you just get your foot stabbed and you stand there and you see somebody run away and you're like, oh, I think that person may have just broken my skin and 
cause me to bleed on my foot. Maybe we should stop that guy. Or there would be like cameras being like, okay, so here he is exiting the building. He's where we never got any information, period. This was again, back in like 2012, 2013, but absolutely wild times on UK's campus. I'm glad that that has ceased. Yeah. Uh, not nothing like that over here. Like I said, just wrapped up midterm season. So it's been kind of dead, but with the, win over a uh, ranked Mississippi State with Oscar Shibwe walking out at Big Blue Madness, getting to see him in Rupp Arena again. I think, for the most part, uh, us students have been chilling. Good. I did a quick Google search of just UK University of Kentucky foot stabber, and the last article was from, the, the first article that pops up was from uh, 2012, and it's I think it was a KSR article. It says, UK campus foot stabber is back from the dead. Uh, after a string of foot stabbings in 2011, <laughs> it just goes on and talks about it. There's a Reddit thread from 2021 saying, do we still not know who the foot stabber was? Uh, this is Scranton Strangler-esque type of mystery for the Office fans out there. Uh, we, uh, we have, we've got no conclusion from it, but I'm glad that it's, not, that it's still not going on. What's the hottest restaurant on campus or place where students go get food? I, uh, for for us, it was probably Ovid's. I don't think Ovid's is still around. Maybe it is. I have no idea. And then, of course, K-Layer, which I think you've heard us talk about before, which was just a greasy spoon, hole in the wall. It was so good. Um, but I think they maybe have also brought the K-Layer back, but in a different form. So hit us with the food options around campus. If we were staying on campus, um, the Canes up on North Campus by like the Student Center is amazing. I have gone there way too much. Um, I'm staying in like a house right now, so I'm, I'm not in like a meal plan or anything. So mm-hmm. nights I don't want to cook. I just take a nice little hike up to Canes and that usually goes very well for me. Good. Yeah. I didn't know they had a Canes on campus, but, or, or are you talking about the one over by the old Pazos and stuff like, yeah, we're different generations, UK students. So I've got, I'm, I'm, I'm totally backwards on this, but, uh, well, if you got any, just campus life questions for sack, you go ahead and send them on into the Thornton's text line. Remember how good Thornton's is. We love them. You love them. Great breakfasts, great breakfast sandwiches. Uh, we're talking about the best places on UK's campus. If there's a Thornton somewhere around, there's your quick, easy stop in. Cheap food, good food, fresh fruit if you want that, drinks, energy drinks, soft drinks, healthy drinks, juices, whatever you need, Thornton's will have it. Shout out to Kelly Leonardo and Alex Cupper. Scoots, how was your Tuesday night? What would you get into? Um, So I had to work. And then Tuesday night is my half-price draft night at the restaurant close to my house. So I went there, and then I came home and watched some NBA. Not not a whole lot. Dumb question, and a question I should know the answer to doing a sports radio show. Last night was the season opener for the NBA? Correct. Okay. I, I didn't know when, like, the cutoff of the last preseason exhibition games in the season opener started – but I did see a lot more media attention yesterday, and I saw that I think they had a game on ESPN, so I figured, okay, maybe maybe we've actually started here. It's always tough to figure that out, Zach, when the NBA starts because uh, it's such a freaking long season. No, I agree. And, Scoots, I have a question. So the Warriors, I believe, are one of the teams that played last night. Were uh-huh. Draymond Green and Jordan Poole on the same court together? Uh, that I did not see. So they, that game took forever to start due to the whole championship ceremony thing. They had to give all the players their rings. So I was tuned in ready for the game to start and I had to sit through 20 minutes of BS. So I made it through about half a quarter before I went to bed, but I did watch the whole Boston game. So yeah, TJ, aren't you a Celtics fan? You didn't even watch your team. 
Well, again, I didn't know that the season started, so I don't know. What you, I don't know what you want me to do. And <laughs> secondly, yeah, of course, I'm a Celtics fan. We gave the 76ers the business last night. Who could forget such a classic game? That had to make for an awkward ring ceremony having Draymond Green and Jordan Poole there, assuming that they were both there. It was a ring ceremony. You figured they'd be there. Oh, they were definitely both there. Yeah, I just I don't know if they played together. I think is what Matt was asking. Well, I mean, you. You'd imagine probably at some point they would have played together, assuming. Yeah, they so they ended up not like suspending Draymond at all, right? Or did they? No, he played 23 minutes, Poole paid, played 28 minutes. So likely that they were on the floor together. And uh, if you were wondering, Golden State beat the Lakers by 14. Lakers, I, no good. Yeah, I look forward to just more annoying coverage about like, are the Lakers broken? Is it time to break up the Lakers? That's we've got probably about six more months of that. So that should be, that should be fun. So the NBA officially back. Do you all do any fantasy basketball? I do not. Um, I'm kind of retiring from fantasy sports. I used to do fantasy football and I got um, bullied into doing one more year. And I am like one in six right now or however many weeks <laughs> there have been. I have one win. Yeah. I'm, I'm one of my leagues. I'm not doing too hot either. Retiring from fantasy sports. Just not, not into it. Zach. It, it's just a lot of work and I am, I don't know, just the more I go into like covering real sports and writing about like college basketball and stuff like that, I don't have time. Also, Nick Roush, um, he tweeted that Wandale Robinson was officially going to play his first football game. I asked, do I start him or Randall Cobb at my flex? Wandale um, caught a touchdown. Cobb didn't do much. I believe he got hurt as well. Guess which one Roush told me to play? Mm-hmm. Who's that? the wrong one? He told me to play Cobb, and he also oh, phrased it by saying, you got to trust Aaron Rodgers against the Jets. Oh, geez. So, so that's why Green Bay got blown out and Cobb got hurt. It was a jinx from Roush. Has he no shame? Unbelievable. You think being a, a, a twice parent at this point, you would cut out the you'd cut out that crap. But Roush, he knows no bottom, Scoots. I, so, Matt, I got an idea for you. Oh yeah. If if you don't like fantasy because it's too much work, DraftKings does this thing called Best Ball where you just pick you draft your whole lineup and then they put the top scores in your lineup automatically. So you don't have to change anything. So I'm actually doing two leagues for NBA just because I don't have to do anything. I don't have to watch my lineup every day. I just let DraftKings do its thing. I either win at the end of the year or I don't. So maybe you should look into that because it's no work at all. Do they like make waiver wires and trades for you too no how does that work no you you pick your team and once you your team's set it's set so you've got like your seven guys in the rotation then you've got like 10 to, to 11 guys on the bench who can rotate in if they score higher in a week so yeah they do that with nfl as well it's, it's a lot of fun see a lot of the fun with fantasy though is when you put in all the work and then you have that moment of enjoyment at the end of the year when you finally win do you still get that enjoyment that satisfaction he doesn't if you win. don't change your lineup all year. He, he I mean, know. he doesn't win. If money makes you happy, yeah, you'll you'll uh you'll enjoy it. Cuz it doesn't like yeah, I get it. Like you just said you don't like fantasy because of all the work that goes into it. So I'm taking the work out of it and you could still win money off of it. So it's pretty awesome. Win-win. That off might, that Go ahead, Zach. I said I I might check it out. I don't know. I still feel no. like I just need to adjust the rest of my schedule to allow like fantasy football to become a bigger part in it. Uh, maybe once college ends, I'll get back into it because fantasy's never been about the money. It's always about just beating your friends and being better at them at something that's 90% luck based. That's, that's a good mindset. 
No, it's not. I couldn't disagree more <laughs> with all that. It's all about the money. It, the, beating your friends is great, but what's better than beating your friends? That's taking your friends' money. That's that's one of the coolest things that you can do in like a non shady, scummy way. Because I guess theoretically you could just steal from your friends, but th- there's no there's no fun in that. It's much better to beat them in a competitive game like fantasy football, and then talk trash to them and make them feel poorly. That's what I was gonna. That's what I was gonna ask, and now I'm now I'm afraid what the answer is gonna be is this league that you're not enthused to be in sack how much money does it cost to be in i think it was like a ten dollar league with like 14 teams so winner gets like 100 bucks yeah there's your issue 10 bucks like i i would have a tough time keeping up with it for 10 bucks too at that point you're just kind of doing it for fun yeah you're right maybe that's the right mindset to have but you you you, and i I know you're a college student so we'll keep it we'll keep it in check but like you you pump that first off 14 teams is too many Leagues Agreed. need to be 12 teams league leagues. 14, you probably have people quit or give up or not try. And that's just, that's no, that's not fun for anybody involved. However, you get back down to 12. That's the good number of teams to have in a league. You bump that bad boy up to $25. What that'd make the pot 300, I believe. Um, there, they, that, that's, that's a whole weekend. That's probably two weekends out 300 bucks. And you could kind of ball out and buy drinks for folks and do all that fun stuff. So I think that's your issues only playing for $10. It doesn't really give you too much incentive, especially if things go South and it sounds like things have gone a little South for you. Yeah, things have definitely gone South. Um, it, it wasn't all on Roush on that one decision. It's been just <laughs> fundamentally bad fantasy football managing from the start of the year until right now but yeah i'll bring that up with the commissioner see what he has to say yeah well you get back to kentucky roll call on your fantasy football updates and um uh, yeah that's the thing is sometimes at sack as a radio host you just do want to dive into fantasy and vent about my crappy team but um nobody cares so that's the thing you got to remember when talking fantasy football about specifics nobody cares about your specific team what people do care about here on this radio show is UK athletics and UK sports. Not a huge newsworthy Tuesday from yesterday, unless I was just missing something colossal, but I don't think that I am. With a bye week, things are going to be a little bit quieter. Basketball season hasn't officially started, as we've mentioned, but we're getting closer and closer. You got the blue-white game coming down the pipe this weekend. So pretty quiet Tuesday in UK land. Uh, Sack, is there anything that you feel like we need to start the show with? Putting you on the spot here regarding UK news, but um, not not really a ton going on. You have SEC media days. You had the women speak yesterday. I think the the fellows are going to be talking today. I believe are they in Birmingham? That's where it normally is. Um, but really, not a lot going on in the world of UK sports. No, it's kind of one of those dead periods where you really just got a. It's more like about the future players at Kentucky, the recruiting. I mean, we got Aaron Bradshaw a couple days back, super pumped about that. Um, just trying to figure out when DJ Wagner is going to commit. We just had um, Ian Jackson and Carter Knox, a couple of the top 24 guys on campus, and like some of the scuttlebutt and rumors from their visits are coming out. A lot of good things from there, but usually when someone takes a visit, 99% of the time you're going to say, oh, that visit went well. So, yeah. Not overly a lot, just still kind of pumped up from Big Blue Madness and um, Aaron Bradshaw committing and getting all these guys on campus. It seems like John Calipari's turn in recruiting over the past year has really been insane and not one that even I expected as a huge John Calipari believer. I do have a minor football update, so we'll get to that a little bit later on. 
what do you make of the the resurgence in recruiting? It, it is what fans were claiming for. They wanted to see UK get back to where they were prior. We talked a lot about it on the radio show, and we had some disgruntled textures into the Thornton's text line saying, Joel's got to go. You got to get rid of the staff. You got to bring in a new staff. You got to start recruiting better. This is getting outlandish. And admittedly, Zach, I was kind of wrong where I was like, I, I don't think you're going to see Roush was the one who phrased it, uh, Calipari euphemism of a magic wand. You, if you get a new staff in here, you're not going to just wave a magic wand and get back to recruiting top of the top. Um, and I always had the belief that like you could have the worst assistance in the world, you could have the best assistance in the world. And I don't think as long as John Calipari is the head coach, I don't think you're going to see a drastic difference in recruiting. But that was wrong. Roush was wrong. You you get this new staff in, and everybody always obviously points to Orlando Antigua as the lead recruiter, and probably there's that probably rightfully so. I do think he's probably the best recruiter on Kentucky staff. But Chin Coleman is no slouch. There's no doubt about that. And I don't know if there's a correlation here, but since Jay Lucas left Kentucky and you UK has been recruiting better than they did when Lucas was on the staff. And of course you got KT Turner who I, I admittedly don't know too much about how he does as a recruiter, but you throw him into the mix and it seems like Kentucky's got its dream team of recruiters there. And that was, that was the thing. I was like, Kentucky was still finishing almost first, second in recruiting rankings. They were still getting, you know, three to four top 25 guys. But I, you are seeing what it was like in the early Calipari era where it's not three or four top 25 guys. You're getting three or four top 10 guys. So can you credit that to anything? Is it, is, is it nil related? Because, you know, that, that's heated up, obviously. That's been new over the last couple of years. What would you chalk it up to, Zach? Yeah, I, I do think it is assistant related, but not in the way that now that we got all these assistants, all these assistants are getting all the guys that we want. They are. They're doing a great job. But the biggest thing that is to me is Antigua and Cal's relationship and the accountability between the two. I think when he left, there wasn't a whole lot of people holding Cal accountable. And I think Cal kind of, while it is true, Kentucky is the gold standard of college basketball. You can't really sit back and just rely on that. I think Cal was like, all right. Kentucky's not for everyone using the cliches. It's the gold standard. We're going to get our guy. And we did get guys, but we didn't get our guy. You look at this recruiting class, the one in 2023, Justin Edwards was a University of Tennessee lock. That's where everyone had him. And it wasn't until Cal said, okay, this is my guy. I want to go get him. It wasn't one of the assistants that went and got Justin Edwards. Cal took over that recruitment himself, and he went and got Justin Edwards. I'm sure he did the same thing with DJ Wagner. So, yes, it is a lot about the assistants, but it's how they're motivating John Calipari. I mean, in past classes, DJ Wagner might go to Louisville. Justin Edwards might go to Tennessee. And Calipari will get someone, again, like you said, in the 20 to 25 range, not in this top 5 to 10 range. And I think that's all the difference is how motivated Cal is. You could tell that the energy behind Cal is different than it just has been from 2018 to 2020. Yeah, and a lot of good stuff there. And if you're a fan of basketball recruiting, this could be the this could be the the show for you. This could be the Kentucky roll call for you. A, a few things I want to just follow up on that you said. When you say that maybe the previous staff wasn't holding Cal accountable, can you talk more about that? Because I've I've heard other 
media folks talk about that. And I, there's obviously got to be some truth to it because too many people that know more than I do are the ones saying it. But like, I, I never really got the sense. I never, and, and I could totally be wrong about this, but I've really never got the sense that Cal is stubborn to the point where if somebody has a dissenting opinion in his basketball staff, whether it's an actual assistant or support staff, whatever it may be, that they're going to be too afraid to say something because they fear the repercussions of a scorned Calipari or a ticked off Calipari. But there's been too many people that have hinted to that, that, and, and most of the time you hear it with Dwayne Peavy, who was the second in the athletic to pro, athletic program by the time he left UK to go take over DePaul. But before he was second athletic, the athletic department, he's always been um, a basketball guy. He's always, since, since day one that Calipari took over at UK when he left Memphis, Peavy was there helping him out and, and working on the basketball side of things. That eventually turned into a more expanded role for Peavy. But people said when he left, that's when nobody Cal didn't have anybody that could tell him what's what. Is it is it that, or are you are you referencing something different in the world of recruiting? Because when you say hold accountable, it makes it seem like Cal wasn't listening to any negative opinions. Well, I don't know if he wasn't listening or he just wasn't getting any. Like there, there's a big difference. If you just think about it, picture Tony Barbie or Joel Justice trying to tell cal that hey maybe we should try something else and then picture orlando antigua who's been a friend of john calipari for much longer and who just in my opinion is a much more just like assertive presence and like knows that he could get into cal and they could get through it personally i know i just i don't think that like joel justice would have really got into cal if he was doing something that he wasn't supposed to even if you look in recruiting you could see that even if Joel Justice did bring up something. Calipari wasn't always listening. You look at the Sky Clark, Sky Clark recruitment. Um, Joel Justice, like, that was my guy. I want him. And Calipari was like, well, I got to wait and see. And then Justice was like, we could get him right now. He's ready to commit. He's ready to commit. And Calipari was like, I want to see him. I want to see him. I want to wait. I want to wait. And he waited so long, almost to the point where, like, Sky Clark opened, reopened up his recruitment and started looking at other schools obviously that recruitment he came to Kentucky he decommitted all of that but that's a really good example of Joel Justice saying like hey this is my guy I want to go get him and Calipari just not listening and be like yeah I want to see him I'll see him myself I'll do it on my time interesting yeah um well there's no denying whatever has flipped for Calipari has been great news for UK basketball as a whole and UK basketball recruiting and I, I had brought it up and I do think that it plays a role but the, the nil aspect of it. And you're seeing UK close out the recruitments of the players that they want. They're guys, as you mentioned. Uh, you're seeing more of that. And the two that come to mind where Kentucky was unable to close out, obviously Cade Cunningham, which Oklahoma State has his brother on staff. UK, it looked like they were going to be able to overcome that until they weren't. And the, the rest was history. Another one that comes to mind, obviously, was James Wiseman, where it seemed that the Wiseman family and Joel Justice, they, they had adopted one another. They were as close as could be, but not close as Penny was, unfortunately. And UK finished second in both those recruitments, at, at, despite leading at different points in both of them. That's where I think the nil probably matters a little bit. And I think that could be a difference that you have with DJ Wagner UK, Calipari. That was another situation where 
they they view UK's coaches as a family to some degree. Wagner and Cal, obviously, they go back decades. Um, it's a really it's a really deep bond, but it's not as deep as a grandpa. And obviously, Kenny Payne's got a good relationship with DJ Wagner. So I I, I can't help but think maybe a difference now. Like if you had nil legal nil, not what Penny was doing. If you had nil now, I, I think there's a great chance you you get Wiseman. And I think you probably get Cunningham because you just you look at the marketability of being an Oklahoma State basketball player versus being a player at Kentucky. And I think that's similar to some of the decisions that the current commitments have made, where Justin Edwards could have been Tennessee is still not new to getting star freshman recruits. Um, obviously, they've gotten more lately, but it's still it's still a rarity when you see it. He could have gone to Tennessee and been the guy, but I just think when you put the dollar and cents of the UK's nil package versus other places, you may have you may like some other schools, you may have deep ties, good relationships, but at the end of the day, it just becomes a dollar and cents decision. And I don't I don't think there's anywhere else in the country that can really match Kentucky. Duke maybe being the the one exception from a nil department, but I think those two stand by themselves. I think that plays a role in it as well in this recruiting. Uh, renaissance that Calipari's having yeah and it's not just in recruiting I think the biggest spot where it shows is returning players like if we go back last year Davion Mintz doesn't come back as a super senior if he's not making NIL um this year Oscar Shibway does not come back if he cannot make NIL maybe Saber Wheeler tries and goes and plays overseas or something or Jacob Toppin and Damian Collins test their luck in the draft because they can't make any money here at Kentucky these borderline like late first round early second even late second round guys that we've been seeing going in the past now are coming back to Kentucky and playing these extra years because they can make money while still being at Kentucky and improve their draft stock and can get into that lottery potentially like we're seeing Oscar Shibwe and Jacob Toppin and Damian Collins try to do and I think that's just as important if not more important as recruiting freshmen that's a great point and uh, we could I, I could go a million different paths down there because there's some rumors I don't want to switch gears over to football but there's some rumors that a Utah football player is getting offered a million dollars and nil deals to transfer you had some national media members talk yesterday saying they need to I think it was Charles Robinson saying you need to just totally get rid of any nil restrictions, let the free market be the, the free market. But in keeping it in the world of college basketball, the part that's so interesting, and we need to head to a break here soon, is you have probably the most anticipated college basketball season in my lifetime. I, I mean, my lifetime that I can remember, maybe some of the Christian Leitner years in the early 90s, people were super pumped up about those seasons. But you look at the top 25 and you just uh, – UNC returning almost – UNC, North Carolina, returning almost everybody off a national championship contending team. Uh, Gonzaga has Drew Timmy for year 19, and he is he's been the face of college basketball for a really long time. For the first time in over a decade, the National Player of the Year returns, and Kentucky fans are lucky enough – that he's called in Lexington home for another season. You, it, that's what nil has allowed in college athletics. And I'm glad you brought up somebody like Severe Wheeler. We've seen UK players in the Calipari era with with worse pro prospects than Wheeler leave and just have to try to go make money somewhere. You know, you 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 hope that it's going to be in the NBA, but I think everybody realistically like knows, okay, probably not going to be the NBA for this player. 
and then they end up overseas and hopefully they make a killing and they have a good career and a good life. But now you can still get enough money in your pockets, still stay in school, get a degree, which matters to some people, doesn't matter to everybody, but then continue to profit off nil and then get ready, be more prepared for whatever that next step may be. Uh, yeah, you're right. There's no chance that Oscar would be back for another year. I think you can make a case that maybe Collins and Toppin could have also left. Maybe maybe that would be a stretch for one of those two guys. But you definitely would see more people leave. So that's that's one area where nil has been really good. And it's always going to be good to Kentucky because they're going to have more to offer than, than almost every other place in the country. But uh, it, it's allowed for probably one of the more exciting college basketball seasons we have coming down the pipe. All right, let's head to our first break. Keep the text coming in, 502-414-1450. I do want to continue this nil discussion, bring it on over to football, and then when we walk down that football path, we've got some updates from UK head coach Mark Stoops that we want to share with you, and we'll get to the Thornton's text line as well. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Matt Sack, Justin Kalen. We'll be back after this. Be obsessed with your desires, Danny. The Zen philosopher Basho once wrote, a flute with no holes is not a flute. And a donut with no hole is a Danish. He's a funny guy. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call. You take drugs, Danny? Every day. Good. What's the problem? Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X. Roll Call. There we go. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. We go 7 to 9 Monday through Friday. Replay of the show, 9 to 11 here on the Big X. The same way you're listening now, you can listen to the replay of the show. Feel free to download and listen on podcasts. Wherever you get your podcasts, you can find Kentucky Roll Call. Just search for Kentucky Roll Call. You can even tell your Alexa, play Big X Sports Radio. You can tell your Siri, play Big X Sports Radio, uh, and and they'll do those things for you. So we always appreciate people listening, tuning in, and giving Kentucky a roll call a chance. We've got Matt Sack and our producer, Justin Kalen. I am TJ Walker, Wednesday edition of the show. Keep the text coming in on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Sack, what midterms did you have coming off midterm week? I had a couple computer science exams, a math exam, and a statistics exam, as well as a couple projects, too. So it's been pretty crazy. Scoot, say it with me. Nerd. Nerd. <laughs> math, statistics? Jeez, that sounds horrible. Yeah, that's uh, that that's kind of also how I... My favorite part about sports is kind of get into the data analytics side of it. I, I know the whole narrative of, like, the people that use analytics and people that just say he got that ball in them. I like to use both, but math is definitely a much greater talent than mine. I, I'm with you on that, Matt. Like I, when I think back to my college years and I think back of my favorite class, sports statistics, hands down, was my favorite class. It was the one class in college that I would go right home and do the homework for because I actually enjoyed it. While where everything else, I procrastinated as long as I could. What was what like? So, what would be your sports statistics homework? 
Um, so you, the, we would like learn formulas to figuring out like how many games teams are above the others in the division, just geeky stuff like that. But it was, it was so much fun to just go home and put that to the test and, and figure it out. It was awesome. I mean, I think, you know, probably what I would say, but like, is it, can you just look at the game back column and be like, okay, they're three games back. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, you, now you, you can, but it's, it was fun to figure out the formula to figure out just exactly how that happened, you know? You got tricked into doing math problems, basically, is what you're saying. But I'm like Matt. I don't care. I love math. Math is math's a good time. Matt or math? Both. <laughs> Both. Matt, are you you're a you a senior or junior? I'm a senior, unfortunately. Sad it's coming to an end. It is. Yeah, but it always does, though. Are you on? Are you on the four year track, or are you in a vic- victory lap, half victory lap? Where 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 are you at? Yeah, I'm I'm supposed to be graduating in May of 2023, so kind of in a victory lap and a half semesters to go. Gotcha. Okay. Well, good, good, good stuff all around. Glad the midterms went well. Yeah, I didn't know. So, what's your major? Is it? Yeah, I, I'm I double major in computer science and math with a minor in statistics. Oh, geez, Louise. Good. Stay far away as journalism as you possibly can. It sounds like you're doing. Just that. So what are you going to do when you're done at UK? You heading back to Chicago town? I think I might actually be staying out in Lexington. That's kind of undecided, but I think I'm probably going to stay in the area. I really like it out here. Kentucky is great. Shout out all the people in Lexington who have made this feel like home over the past three and a half years now. But uh, look for a job in like data analytics or something along the lines of that. And hopefully, hopefully keeping up the uh, media gig as well. Yeah, that, you, you've got it kind of, you've got it figured out for being, for being your age is like, let the media be a side, not even necessarily a hobby. I mean, you can make it, I mean, a hobby is probably the, the correct word for it, but you, you can make it as involved or uninvolved as you want to. And it is always nice having an outlet to be able to vent about sports, to have a little bit of an audience to vent about sports. So I think you're, but, but it's always nice also to have quote unquote, a real job and have real income that can so you can do that stuff and not be so stressed out about making money and and doing that sort of stuff so you seem to have that stuff figured out i stayed in lexington for six months after graduating college so graduated and then probably moved back in the winter the following year so maybe a little bit longer but um i love lexington as well i the only issue i had sack was when like all your friends leave and then you're like, okay, well, that's fine. That's what happens. People move on and graduate and move back to their hometowns or get jobs in new towns, and that that's fine. And it like I didn't, I stopped knowing a lot of people in Lexington. Like I had journalism friends, but most of them were older, so it wasn't like somebody that you were going to go get dinner with on a Friday night. And then everybody else just kind of was younger college students that were in the middle of like their partying and living it up and having fun. So I kind of felt like I was in a in a purgatory of sorts where I didn't really know the old or I knew the older crowd, but didn't really want to hang out with them and then didn't want to hang out with the younger crowd. Um, so that was my only issue with Lexington. Otherwise, I could have probably happily stayed there. The thing is, you meet new people, you meet people your age. I just knew everybody back in Louisville, so moved back on home. Uh, hey, and if you ever want to move to Louisville, a lot of jobs in Louisville. I don't know if, what the statistics stuff looks like in, in this town, but Louisville, not a bad place to live either. No, not at all. And as I am a nerd, a lot of my friends are as well. So there's a lot of people like going into UK med school and stuff like that. So 
I'm going to have a few friends still in the area. Also, if you were graduating college and your incoming recruiting class consisted of DJ Wagner, Rob Dillingham, Reed Shepard, Justin Edwards, and Aaron Bradshaw, would it made you potentially want to stay around for that next basketball season? Oh, man. Yes. Yeah. The thing you got to remember, though, is like you could still follow the basketball season as closely as you want without having to be a student or living on campus or living near campus. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be a, a fun two-year stretch. And that's that's one thing you as a U.K. student haven't had. You haven't had a fun, deep March Madness tournament run. We have not had a single tournament win since I attended the University of Kentucky. Um, if we don't win this year, I expect accept full responsibility because it has yeah, to be point. something with me because that's ridiculous. Yeah, you may have to move out of the state if that happens at that point. That really is unreal. I wonder how many graduating four-year classes at UK could say they didn't see a tournament win. Probably none, You one would think. No, so we're we're gonna have one this one. We're gonna have one this year. We should have about six of them in my mm -hmm. estimation to make up for the first three years. Yeah, that'd make it all up. You just go ahead and you win six of them this year, make up for lost time, let the students celebrate State Street, have that fun run, because every UK student deserves at least one of them. Most of them are spoiled with a few of them. But uh, wow, zero tournament wins. That is that is tough. But at least you've had a lot of good football moments. Were you out on State Street after the Florida win? Um, I was. I was. I got a little late to the party. A lot of things have already been set up in flames, but uh, it was a great time. I was actually stuck on the 50 when we rushed the field for that game, so I wasn't too quick to State Street, but I did get in there for a little bit of madness at the end. I also, like, peeked around the corner. I, like, walked out there to see what was going on this year. For some reason, we it seems like we went a little bit crazier for the road win at Florida this year than we did for the home win last year, and I'm not sure why that is. Yeah, I was, that's, I, I was wondering that as well. Um, oh, well, you know, college students will be college students, I suppose. Let them yeah. live it up. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. All right, we did get an update yesterday from Mark Stoops. Uh, doesn't seem like there's any concern with Will Levis. Uh, Says it's time where he definitely needs a little bit of rest. He wasn't out there with us today. He'll be day-to-day. -day. If we had to play this week knowing him, I think he'd be ready to go. So that's a good sign. We also just wanted to give him an opportunity to heal up. So uh, UK, UK head coach Mark Stoop saying if UK had a game this weekend that while Levis is banged up, he thinks he'd probably play. That should mean nothing but good things for the Tennessee game the following weekend because Kentucky is on a bye week this week. If you didn't know, I'm sure you did. Uh, so can, so it seems like good news there with with Will Levis. I, I do think there were some people concerned about the sling after the game on Saturday, Sack. Yeah, but we, we've seen people walking and walking boots on the basketball and football team. A lot of that's just precautionary. Um, when he came back in the game, I knew he was going to be all right, especially with the week off. Like I think he said, like, it was just my left arm. I'm going to be fine. Um, very, very nicely timed by a week. We have to have Will Levis back. Looks like Flax and Robinson on their are on their track to coming back. No idea what's going up with uh, Jacquez Jones, but maybe we could see him back. But we're going to need to be fully healthy and as unbanged up as we can be going into Tennessee because that's going to be a tough one. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Seems good news on Robinson and Flax, at least according to Roush. And uh, Stoops did add that Chris Rodriguez was given the day off uh, and said, probably still in the ice bath. Ice bath. He deserves it. And take as much time as you need, 
C-Rod and get healthy. Uh, and Sack's exactly right. UK is going to need to be as close to full strength as possible to have a chance down in Knoxville. Uh, we've got a lot of time to talk about that game. Do you just your 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 first thoughts on that game, Sack? Do you think Kentucky has a chance? Do you think it could be a big blue blowout for the Cats? What what are you what are you thinking? I actually think Kentucky is going to be right in it. I think one thing that plays in our favor is that Nalen currently does not have any goalposts, so field goals are not a thing. I think that plays in favor of the Cats. I know where yeah. they can find them. Oh, Scooch, second day in a row making that joke. I still know where I can find them. Where is it, Scooch? Where could you find them? <laughs> in the room. Lucy knows too. See, she knows what's up. She's like, if you make that joke again tomorrow, you're going to get another <laughs> laugh, at least from one little baby. Lucy loves Scooch jokes. Everybody knows that. Bottom of the river, Scooch. That's where they are. That's it. That's where they are. Uh, so good updates there from UK football. Let's head on over to the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. What do you think about that, Lucy? Head on over to the text line. That sound good to you? Okay. The first one says, the issue is, oh, we're really diving into the to some radio beef here, Sack. Uh, so we'll let you handle this one. The issue is that so much of the fan base parrots what Matt says and thinks it becomes detriment and thinks that it becomes detrimental to the program. Uh, I think they're you're the Matt they're talking about. Um, I don't think that that is the case. But if that is true, then the sack pack is a lot bigger than I initially thought it was. Who, who makes up the sack pack? I don't even remember. I think it was actually a House of Blue post where um someone i think people were just sending eye emojis like on twitter or something and like you know how like random like group messages says hey like, hey let's all post eye emojis i had nothing to do with it but then someone on house of blue was like what happened and then someone replied oh the sack pack is back at it again that's awesome can i just <laughs> the sack pack can i just say that i think that the way you all use social media is i i think hilarious um, I think it's important. I, I do. I think it's an important to have like a group that can kind of that is younger because I think the people that were doing it 10 years ago are just grown up and don't really feel like doing that stuff or being on their phones as much. I, I think it's actually one recruits see the stuff that you all do or like the hashtags you all make players see. I don't, how, how did Damian Collins day start before I go into another tangent? How did that one start? It literally just started with someone in a group chat of mine, um, Buddy at Big Blue Bud. Shout out him. He literally just said, what if we made tomorrow hashtag Damian Collins Day? And they were like, well, why tomorrow? Isn't like his birthday coming up? He's like, yeah, I don't really want to wait. I think we should just make tomorrow Damian Collins Day. So we did. And then we woke up the next morning and we gathered all of our best Damian Collins Twitter videos. And we just tweeted them with the hashtag and then just started um tagging like the uh main at kentucky mvb account and hope that they would reply and damien collins would reply and when we did we just kind of all had a little mini celebration with ourselves i loved it i thought it was hilarious and again just having a group of people that are so committed on social media to just do that stuff damien collins noticed it uk basketball eventually tweeted it out uh, you can do stuff with that in recruiting recruits like that stuff uh, I think it's hilarious and just good old fashioned trolling, innocent, harmless trolling. Who doesn't who doesn't get a good kick out of that? That's always fun. Uh, I think it was some of your friends and and you involved in the Drew Timmy over the summer, which was hilarious. And eventually had to like you all create these things out of thin air that eventually turns into people have to answer about them. 
talk about them, discuss about them. You had Kyle Tucker say, like, oh, yeah, there were some tires kicked between Drew Timmy and Kentucky, but it never really amounted to anything. You had the hilarious Timmy tweet the following morning being like, what the hell did I just miss? Uh, so keep it up. Keep up the good work. I think that stuff is hilarious. Yeah, what's actually funny about Drew Timmy is um, I when I was down in Oxford, I ran into his cousin at a bar. And she was like, oh, yeah, I'm Drew Timmy's cousin. I don't know if you heard of me. And we're like, yeah, we started Timmy time. And she just kind of like her draw job, her jaw dropped. And she's like, wait, you started you like you photoshopped the jerseys on Drew Timmy and posted all posted them all over social media. And I was like, yeah, that was that was literally us. We created that. And she kind of said so it wasn't quite out of thin air. Um, she was saying that at the Wooden Award, Drew Timmy and Oscar Sheboy kind of got along and they kind of almost created false rumors like hey, what if we like got together and uh, teamed up at Kentucky or something like that? Um, but they were kind of just doing it jokingly. So it, it was kind of an actual rumor that happened, but we kind of did get played by Oscar Shibway and Drew Timmy for thinking that it was actually even like remotely feasible. Well, you know what, though? Like, you don't know until you try. And exactly. it, it, it made Timmy have to comment on it. Uh, what do you think a Drew Timmy, Oscar Shibway front court would look like? I think it would be the best front court since Willie Cauley Stein and Carl Anthony Towns. I remember when it was happening and people were like, oh my gosh, here goes Cal back to his ways of playing two centers. I'm like, we are really not complaining about Oscar Shibway and Drew Timmy, maybe the two best players of college, college basketball playing on the same court. But we did. Yeah, and you just and you wouldn't really want Timmy to be your five anyways. If you could move him away from the basket, that that's fine. That's fine by Drew Timmy and fine by the offense that's operating through Drew Timmy playing more before. No, he couldn't really be a stretch as much as you want it. So you you would there's a little part of me, and you're right to do this, so I'm glad you didn't in hindsight. There's a little part of me saying, like, no, no, I wouldn't want Drew Timmy. I'm glad that UK's got Toppin and Collins there. I do think from a defensive standpoint. It's a better front court having Collins or Toppin and Oscar than it would be Oscar and Timmy because you you would you would get scored on a little bit inside if that was your front court. Now, granted, you would score significantly more than your opponents would most likely, but yeah, I, it's uh, some options there, no doubt about it. Yeah, and if you have Oscar at the five, Drew Timmy at the four, and Shaden Sharp at the three, the Cats just might go forward, you know. Man, go cats. All right, let's end hour one. We'll come back. We got to do it all again in hour two. More text into the Thornton's text line, more Matt Sack, more Scooter Dingus, Justin Kalen, our favorite producer in all of radio. I'm TJ Walker. Don't go anywhere. Hour two coming up next. Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family! Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is! With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back, hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Roll Call. TJ Walker, Matt Zach, Justin Kalen here on your Wednesday. Some all-star roll calls there. From Sack, make sure you are following him on Twitter at Matt Sack BBN. Good follow, fun follow. You never know what you're going to get from the Sack Pack. 
<laughs> Why are people using that term fun follow? I had a couple other people. Justin Rowland was one of them. That one made me really happy because uh, Rowland's a great dude. But I've had multiple people say I am a fun follow. Those exact words. Yeah, because you use social media like you're supposed to. You have fun with it. You call out goobers that need to be called out. You just kind of goof around. You make jokes. Uh, but you actually do provide some actual like analysis and some opinions, which are good. It's a fun follow. It's a perfect way to describe it. So if, if, if Roland did it that way, he did a good job with it. Yeah, I appreciate it. That's some great company to be called a good follow with. You, you say a lot of things, Matt, on Twitter that people that are considered in the media will not. Correct. Yeah, I, I, I try to keep that bland blend of being a fan and being in the media and also being a student who is 21 years old. So I try my best. You do a good job with it. Uh, Justin Kalen's a good follow if you just go to his likes page. Not anymore. Do we ever Not get to the bottom of that? You, you were you were hacked, right? I mean, I changed my password and it hasn't happened since. So do you think also you just stopped liking pornography tweets? <laughs> no, I, I like I told you, I had no idea that was even on Twitter. So you have not stopped liking pornography. I, I would have had, yeah. I would have had, had I known that was on there, I probably would have had way more likes. Oh, geez, Louise. Oh, boy. <laughs> text on into the Thornton's text line. Shout out to Kelly Leonardo and Alex Cupper. Download that Thornton's app. It'll save you time. It'll save you money. It'll tell you gas prices in your area. And each and every time you have that app, you're going to save some cheddar on gasoline, which is always a good thing. Uh, all right. I want to get into the text line this hour, but Zach, you're our guest. If you have anything you want to bring up, anything on your mind, anything you think is a good radio topic, you can fire away at any moment. Yeah, we'll do. Like you said, it's kind of a little bit dead. Y'all kind of yeah. covered Aaron Bradshaw over the past couple of days pretty well. I don't have too much to add on what you said, so I'm good hitting the text line. I did ask Big Blue Drew this question yesterday, and I'm, I'm curious your answer, somebody that that keeps up with this stuff, which and current team included, but which player that we haven't seen in a UK Jersey, big blue Bahamas, big blue Bahamas excluded. Are you most excited about, or do you think is going to be the most fun to see how it plays out? Could be Dillingham, could be Justin Edwards, could be case Wallace, could be Antonio Reeves, just somebody that we haven't seen in a Kentucky Jersey in an actual season game. Could be a 2023 guy, could be a guy on the current team. What mystery are you most excited to see revealed? Am I allowed two, or do I really have to pick one? You can do two. Okay. The first one is Antonio Reeves. I loved him from the second he hit the transfer portal. He came out to um, his Big Blue Manus walk-up song was G Herbo, which told me everything I need to know about him. He got the Who? dog in him. Um, absolutely just lights it up from three. Super excited to see him. I had a hot take where I actually think he leads our team in scoring per game this year even over like the likes of oscar and Kaysen. um so yeah i'm really high on antonio reeves my second one which is also a little bit cheating um is damian collins because i think the damian collins we see where kentucky jersey this year is way different than the one we saw last year so um i'm excited to see both of them i think damian collins looks like a completely different player this year yeah, I think Damon Collins is going to work his way easily to a first-round pick and, and probably closer to lottery than the back end of the first round. The only reason I didn't say Antonio Reeves is, and, and maybe the Bahamas trip has influenced uh, bias a little bit, but I, I just feel like I know exactly what you're going to get from Antonio Reeves. There's going to be very few games where we, if any, that we're like, man, he kind of stunk. 
I don't doubt that he'll have a bad shooting night every so often, but you're going to feel good about all the shots he's taking, so you won't really mind the misses. I mean, you'll be disappointed in the misses, but you won't be like, he shot us out of the game, because if that dude's going to be open, you're going to want him letting it rip. That's the only reason I didn't say him, is because in the idea of you don't know what you're going to get, I think we almost know exactly what you're going to get from Reeves. He's going to be a really steady player. He's going to be UK's best three-point shooter. He's going to probably get a lot of open looks just based on how the defense is going to have to play some other some other guys. Uh, so I, I that's the only reason I didn't say Reeves. It's not that I'm not pumped about him. I am. I just I feel like I can already see how he's going to fit in. And again, maybe the Bahamas trip played a role in that. Yeah, he, he's pretty much filling into that Kellen Grady role who had the nickname Steady Eddie last year. But I think Reeves is just going to take it to another level because how many times did Kellen Grady have the ball and we're just like, please shoot it. Please make a play with it. Do something. You are better than the guy guarding you. Please shoot it. We're not going to have to beg Antonio Reeves to do that. So I think we're going to see a little bit more. I think he's going to take all those open catch-and-shoot threes. And I think he could also be a guy that we go to late. He reminds me a lot of Emmanuel Quickly. Um, and I don't think people are expecting Emmanuel quickly. So I think he might actually be even a little bit better than some people like you might be expecting. But again, that's a little bit of a hot take. Very reasonably, he might just fill in as like a, a Kellen Grady, Davion Mintz type guy. But I think he is the real deal. Yeah, I, love, I mean, everybody's going to love hearing anybody compared to Emmanuel quickly. I still think maybe one of the more underrated players in the Calipari era. Of course, maybe that's different if he gets his March Madness tournament run. We view him differently, but that dude was so steady and so good and so fun to watch that if Antonio Reeves anything like that, then UK fans are going to be in for a real treat. And I also have had the Kellen Grady comparison in my head, and I actually thought about this yesterday, weirdly enough. One thing that I, I think Antonio Reeves will be better at is a pump fake drive right by. You saw a little bit of that from Grady, but he could only probably get about three steps before somebody would catch up with him, and he'd either have to kind of do that runner floater or pass it, and he was a smart player, so he knew what to do, but he was so limited, whether it was injuries or whether it was just athleticism. He had some limitations. It was either shoot or don't shoot, and most likely you've missed your opportunity. I think Reeves is going to be able to thrive off a good old-fashioned – you saw in the Bahamas too – but thrive off a good old-fashioned pump fake, see you later, defender, now you're playing four on five. And Reeves is somebody that could go get to the rim or finish or get to the foul line and that's, I think, a big difference between him and Grady. But this this thought popped in my mind, and Scoots, I'm curious your opinion too. I know you, you're, not, you're not an Antonio Reeves expert. Nobody really here is, but just based on what you've heard and what we're all expecting from Antonio Reeves, would it have been better for UK last year and better for UK this year if you swapped Reeves and Grady? Like if you have Reeves on last year's team, you get Grady on this year's team, could that be better for all parties involved? I think the answer is you probably just would rather have Antonio Reeves maybe on both teams when it's all said and done. But a little more athleticism on last year's Kentucky team. Another person that could get inside the paint, I think, would have gone a wrong way. Where this year, I'm not so worried about getting inside the paint because I think Cason Wallace is going to be able to be a bulldozer when he needs to be a bulldozer. And Ty Ty Washington just couldn't do that last year. So would you flip them if you had if you had the almighty power to do such, Zach? Um. I would not. I I don't know. I don't like flipping with uh, flipping with reality and having hypotheticals because it makes me think too much. We don't really know if Colin Grady stayed healthy all year. Um, I'd like Colin Grady on last year's team. I think we saw what January and February Colin Grady looked like when he was lighting up Alabama when we didn't have another guard on the team. I do wish he was a little more aggressive. Wish he was a little more athletic. But I think 
um, a lot of the consistency that we saw with him um, is helped out a lot more. I don't know if Antonio Reeves is going to be quite as consistent. The other thing is last year we had um, Sabir Wheeler and Ty Ty Washington in our starting lineup. We also had Davion Mintz to come off the bench as like a third ball handler. I don't know if we have a third ball handler this year. It's Sabir Wheeler, Kaysen Wallace, and then I'm not really sure. I think Antonio Reeves is most likely to be that third ball handler. Um, so if he, if we had like Kellen Grady on this year's team, I might be worried about the number of people that could bring the ball up the court and create a play for themselves. Okay, that's fair enough. That's a good answer, Scooch. What say you? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of with Matt. I don't. I'm not a big hypothetical guy in terms of switching it around. But do, do you need to do hypotheticals? I got you. I got you. Do you do you need? I don't know. I just I just feel like Kellen Grady on last year's team is exactly what Kentucky needed. And yeah, yeah, like Matt said, he could have been more aggressive. But you knew when he was hanging around the perimeter and he threw up a three point shot more times than not, that thing was going in. I mean, I brought it up throughout the season last year, just how many times he he left his hand. And I was like, yeah, that's it. I mean, that's that's what you got from Kellen Grady. And you can get the same thing from Antonio Reeves, but him slashing inside it will undoubtedly help this team. But like like we've talked about, I mean, do you, you don't even need that out of Antonio Reeves. So it's, it's kind of a, a nice thing, a nice luxury to have that he can contribute in areas where you don't necessarily need him to contribute as long as he's able to shoot the three. But like I said, if he can get inside and slash and create for himself, like we didn't see from Grady, that will obviously go a long way. Yeah, all good points. And it, it, uh, it is hypothetical. It doesn't matter. Cats have Antonio Reeves this year, and they did not have uh, Antonio Reeves last season. And unfortunately, Kellen Grady couldn't stay healthy last season. So it, 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 history played out the way that it played out, unfortunately. Uh, but I am excited for Reeves. I do wish it ended differently for Kellen Grady. I do wish it ended differently for Davion Mint. But uh, Cats have a good have a good group this season. I will tell you that it seems like the hype for Antonio Reeves is probably double what it was last year for Grady. So that's a good thing moving forward for Kentucky basketball. If if he doesn't even have to play two times the level that Grady played, but the hype is there from the get-go, and maybe the Bahamas has something to do with that. But I, th I think um, Reeves is a great player for this team this year. I do think the Bahamas probably has everything to do with that because I do yeah. think people thought, okay, Grady, he's somebody who's averaged 16, 17 points per game for four years. He'll be steady. He'll be a good shooter. This will be fun. But you didn't really know the extent of what it was going to look like. And that probably is the answer, Scoots, is we got to see Reeves in the offense, playing with his teammates in the Bahamas for four games, not against the best competition in the world, but we got to see it with our eyes. And people like Sack are pumped up about it. I'm pumped up about it. And it, it should. It, who do you think he's going to take minutes from, Zach? Who do you think will will suffer from Reeves being the player that we all think he will be? Is it a CJ Frederick? Does that mean more more time for him on the bench? Um, is it a severe Wheeler eventually? Do you do you have Reeves and Kaysen doing one two and Wheeler is the odd man out? How because then you, is it Livingston? Who if Reeves is the player that we all anticipate him to be? and you even suggest maybe the leading scorer on the team, who is the one that sees minutes decreased in that instance? Well, one is kind of more obvious. We're not expecting him to get a lot of minutes, and that's Adu Tiro. Um, a lot of the developmental minutes we might see in some years from a young freshman getting some time might not happen this year because, like you said, there's a lot of other names that need minutes. I think the biggest one is going to be Chris Livingston, and 
I'm not saying he's going to lose his minutes, but it's going to force Chris Livingston to play at an elite level right away because we know what Wheeler's going to do. We're, I'm pretty sure I know what Kaysen's going to do, even though we haven't quite seen it yet. Frederick, um, if he could stay healthy, and Reeves, I know what they're going to do. Can And what all those guys do is they also they can space the floor and they could all handle the ball. Chris Livingston's kind of a tweener at the three to four to me. Um, can he play like an elite level guard, a high level guard on the level of an Antonio Reeves, a CJ Frederick, a case Wallace, if he can, we might just see like a 2015 scenario where, you know, no one really gets more than 28 minutes and we, we just have to divide all the minutes equally. Um, if Livingston is not quite on the level, maybe he needs to go play more of like a small ball four. But then he's kind of sharing that four spot with Damian Collins and Jacob Toppin. So I'm not sure how many minutes he's going to get there either. Um, it's nice having that little bit of a safety net. It's like, okay, if Livingston is able to immediately impact, we're going to be a super good and super deep team. And if he's not, then you could kind of split his minutes between a couple positions, um, kind of have him in a similar role to Bryce Hopkins we did last year. Hopefully a little bit bigger than that because I wish Bryce played a little bit more. But we could rely on veteran guys we know can space out the court, can shoot, can score on all three levels and defend like a C.J. Frederick. Yeah, it, it, that's one thing. You know, we can preview the season all we want. And I, it's nice when Roush is in. We, you know, and it is football season. So understandably so, you probably have a little bit more of a football specifics. But with it being a bye week, we had Big Blue Drew yesterday. We got Matt Sack today. It feels good talking some basketball, previewing this upcoming season. But that's one thing we got to remember, though, is that – and Cal's been so good. It's probably the most underrated part of the Calipari era is how good he do, how good of a job he does managing egos and making sure people are happy. And even if they're not happy, they're not, they're not a distraction. Uh, but somebody's going to not have minutes that they're anticipating this season. Somebody's not going to get to play as much as they think they should play. Does that end up being an issue in the past also? I think Calipari makes some wrong decisions on who he kind of settles in on. I don't think that's the norm, but it has happened. And I think you don't have to go back far. Keon Brooks last year, I don't think should have played as much as he obviously should have gotten plenty of playing time. But I think Jacob Toppin should have gotten the lion's share of those minutes. Instead, Cal was on Keon Brooks. And and, and uh, that's another thing you got to monitor this season. Who gets squeezed from a minute standpoint and who maybe gets some minutes, more minutes, that they maybe shouldn't, uh, and that that could that could fall back on Jacob Toppin again, Sack. If Collins is going to be the player that you think he is, and I certainly don't disagree with you, you're not putting Oscar on the bench. I mean, you're gonna you maybe giving him more breaks could be a good thing in the long run, but uh, Toppin's a, a candidate for somebody who could end up getting squeezed, and he was somebody that I think I've been higher up on than than almost anybody else in the media world. So uh, that's one thing you got to remember is once the games start. You're going to get people on the bench, and they're going to they're going to be hoping and wishing and praying they get more minutes. Yeah, the good thing about Jacob Toppin is he is the ultimate team player. You go back to last year, Keon Brooks had his 27 point game against Kansas. The happiest player on that court, even including Keon Brooks, was Jacob Toppin. You go to Bryce Hopkins' breakout game at LSU. The happiest player on that court when Bryce was breaking out was not Bryce Hopkins. It was Jacob Toppin. Like in between timeouts, he was like running over, hugging him, almost tackling him. Jacob Toppin loves to see his teammates succeed, even if they play in the same position as him. And that means less minutes for him. I do think that Jacob Toppin, been with this program going on his third year now, um, he's kind of 
going to get some of that favoritism that we saw with Keon Brooks that Cal got last year. I think um, he's going to be the penciled-in starter from day one. I think he's at least going to get 20 to 25 minutes. The only way that he really loses my minute, minutes, in my opinion, is if Damian Collins and Chris Livingston are both lottery picks. And at that point, what what can you do? But I think yeah. Jacob Toppin, he's going to be more consistent than the other two, even if his ceiling might not be as high. Um, I don't really see him getting kicked out of the rotation. At the worst he might lose his starting spot and become a sixth man and play 15 to 20 minutes a game. And maybe it ends up just being Lance Ware, Lance Ware ends up not getting, not seeing the floor at, at all, which I, I like. Everybody likes Lance Ware, obviously, and everybody loves the, the teammate that he's been and, and the player that he's been in Kentucky's program. It's a real luxury. That's one thing that I think for like a little three-year period Cal struggled with is keeping the Lance Wares in the program, people that were okay with their role, not going to be egotistical thinking they should get more minutes or I got to transfer because I need to play more, which is everybody's right if that's your preference. But he's somebody that just seems to enjoy being a UK student athlete, loves Lexington, loves the UK basketball program. But maybe he, maybe you end up seeing more Collins and Toppin front court playing together. And that probably wouldn't be good news for, for Lance Ware. Do you think he'll be back for next season, Ware? I hope so. And the other thing is, if we have nine guys that are capable of playing on the floor, I hope we play all nine. Everyone always wants to say, 2012, we had a six-man rotation. We only played six. Go back to 2012. The shot clock started at 35. That means you had slower offensive possessions. We took 60 shots per game in 2012. We took 66 last year. That's six more trips up and down the court. Again, less time on each end of the court. We're running more. We're working more. You can't tell me that a six-man rotation that worked in 2012 can still work at the pace of play today. I'd like to see eight guys. I think nine is kind of pushing it, but if we have nine guys that can play, I have no problem with it. Uh, play our guys. Try to keep these guys around. The thing with Lance Ware that's interesting is Aaron Bradshaw is now committed. Uganda Kingsley will be here next year. Lance Ware could, for like the third or fourth year in a row, be kind of like looking on the outside in. Um, so that kind of concerns me. I'm interested to see if Bradshaw, if we're going to try him more at the four or the five. If Bradshaw is strictly a five and we have Kingsley back, I would not blame Lance Ware for looking elsewhere. Yeah, again, you know, it'll stink. But that's if at that point he just says, I've got one more year left. I want to get minutes. I want to play. Then nobody's going to blame him for it. But he, he really does seem like somebody that enjoys his situation, and that's always cool to see, and uh, fans always appreciate that sort of stuff. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. We go 7 to 9 Monday through Friday. TJ Walker, Nick Roush is out. He's on what we call fraternity leave, so we've got Matt Sack filling in for him, and Justin Kalen, as always, our producer. As steady as they come in the producing business, it's nice to have a scooter around the Big X studios let's get Especially back to the Thornton. off Trevor. <laughs> well yeah absolutely <laughs> that's like when your favorite team just goes through like a terrible terrible stretch and then the new coach comes in and like yeah you know like things are good maybe they could be better but you don't care because it's just not the way that it used to be yep it's like when cal took over for billy g like uh, like mike woodson like well you were a big <laughs> archie guy though uh initially yeah You've said that he was going to bring you back to the glory days. Now, in in the later days of Archie, I was not an Archie guy. But yeah, the first first two or three years, I was I was a big Archie guy. Well, 
It happens. I was wrong. A, a texter on the Thornton's text line says, people close to the program have basically confirmed that Cal agrees it's detrimental. So that goes back to the first text, just talking about another radio show. Always putting us sack in a tough position. Yeah, I mean, it it is hard when you have a platform because I think the initial texter said people do kind of jump on with what you say. But also as like a media person, um, you get to say your opinion and you're not responsible for other people, how they feel about it. That's just my opinion. I know other people feel differently. Um, but I think everyone's entitled to their own opinion. And if you have a platform and people agree with you because of that opinion, um, so be it. But also, it's also important to use your platform to keep the progression of Kentucky athletics. I mean, that's why I do this all of this because I love Kentucky athletics and I want to keep spreading a positive word about it. So if people aren't doing that, not saying Matt does that specifically, but if other people aren't doing that, then I could see why that is a problem. Yeah, and I don't think it's a media member's job to to try to to have like the athletic program's best interest at mind. And an example being like, well, I'm not going to talk about this today because that could hurt UK's recruitment of so-and-so. Like, that that's not a media member's job. Um, different. That's the issue is every media member looks at their role differently or looks at their job or what it means to be a media member a little bit differently. Um, but you got to call a spade a spade. There was a rift between that radio show and UK's basketball program and Calipari. Um, a lot of people know the reason why some people don't know the reason why, but regardless, there was a rift. So I, I think it just almost defaults to biases. Like, Hey, you, you, people have biases. We have biases. We talk about things, um, that obviously probably comes with a little bit of a slant based on just how we feel or personal opinions or even personal experiences we have with the people we're talking about or with the team or with the program or uh, I we make fun of or we make fun of I, I poke some fun at UK journalism school from time to time but I, so I'm okay with people having opinions I just think the fan base should know where the opinions come from or at least biases involved with opinions um, and that's that's why we just try to really call it like we see it not that we don't have our own we do um, but it does default back to we're fans like I'm not going to be all moody and grumpy because UK doesn't let us have some people on. That was our experience for Kentucky Roll Call for pretty much the entire existence of the show. We still haven't had Mark Stoops on the show, but I'm not going to turn around and look for a reason to whine and cry about Mark Stoops at every angle just because he doesn't help out our radio show. It's my job to make this show just informative or more likely entertaining and goofy it's not Mark Soup's job to make our show entertaining, informative. It's nice if we could get them. I wish we could. We've tried. I'm sure someday we will. But it's certainly not going to change my opinion about that dude. Um, and, I, and I think that's a good way to go about situations like this. Another texter says, the texter from yesterday's right matches plays dumb and pretends he doesn't spin everything in a negative way. This season will be a very interesting litmus, te- litmus test because the team will be very good, and I think it'll be very difficult to be negative. Huh. Probably I al- so. I, I also think just being just upfront, like you said, calling it how it is is really important. Because if you don't, then you just look like a bunch of goobers, like Louisville fans do, where they just are unable to accept the current reality of their athletic programs. 
Yeah, yeah, uh, that's a, that's another road you don't want to go down. And that's the weird thing. Of, I've talked about this before on the show. That's one weird thing about the two fan bases is I feel like UK can almost be overly negative at times to the point where I think it can like actually hurt the perception or potentially recruiting for the program. And sometimes I feel like U of L is so blind to reality of the rainbow sunshine butterfly world that they live in that that also can hurt their reality because they don't actually they can't they have a tough time calling a spade a spade um, until it's usually too late, which is what they're starting to realize with the Scott Satterfield era. So. Uh, sometimes UK overly negative, UVL sometimes overly too butt slapperish and too positive. Uh, it's nice to kind of have a, a healthy medium, but this should be a good basketball season. I don't think there's going to be a ton to complain with. I don't think there's a ton to complain with right now. People that are still whining about the schedule are just losers, if nothing else. Um, that being said, if Kentucky slips up and loses games, Zach, we're going to, you know, we're, you're going to need to be critical where you're going to need to be critical. And I thought you're, your math background was huge in talking about the style of play, comparing it to 2012, talking about depth, which that always comes back to like, if you don't have depth, oh, well then, hey, 2012, 2011, really small benches, Kentucky was good, it'll be okay. But you also got to remember that like in 2015, UK was one of the deepest teams in the country and debatably had one of the best basketball teams of all time. So that's just something that people, if it, it works in your favor, then you use it as a benefit. And then if it doesn't work in your favor, you can just point to another example and act like it, it's no big deal. But having depth is good. I agree with you to, not to go back to an earlier point. Uh, and hopefully Calipari does play those players. But if, if things aren't going well, there's going to be scrutiny. There's going to be criticism, rightfully so. I just think this fan base could, could benefit from, hey, let's just check back in the morning. Let, let's let's take 24, 48 hours. Let's calm down. Let's reassess. And sometimes I got to put my hand up and say I'm I'm guilty of that as well. When when Jay Lucas left left for Duke, that was one of my first times of being like, okay, this is really bad optics. I get it. You can lose a tournament game. The tournament's tough. It happens. Kentucky was probably due for a stinker. Not that it makes it any 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 more okay. But like the the losing your lead assistant or one of your lead assistants to Duke with everything else that was going on. That was probably a time that I overreacted and could have benefited from, hey, let's just take a week and see what happens. Let's see how recruiting goes because recruiting's never been better. But you got to be critical when it's time to be critical. But sometimes you do see people that just reach for it where it's like the smallest little thing. Should John Calipari wear a suit on the sideline? It's like, what are we doing here? Who, who, why would anybody care? Why would anybody care what he wears on the sideline? If there's one thing that Kentucky basketball fans are, it is patient to make rational um, opinions on things that are happening. Yes. No. Oh, what? Can you hear me? Oh, I was we, can, we got. Yeah, we got. Okay. That wasn't even muted that time. That was just an internet thing. Good time to take our last break, though. We'll hey, come back. By the way, after. by the way, I have some breaking news coming back from break. Whoa. Radio tease. Is it good? Oh, it's great. You're going to be pumped. Oh, I can't wait for it. Uh, hopefully it's new light bulbs in the studio. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. One final commercial break. We'll come back with Matt Sack, Justin Kalen, TJ Walker. We'll wrap up the show Wednesday edition of Kentucky Roll Call.
Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hey, Cal's great again. This team's about back. This is the first time in nine years he has had a team lose three in a row. That is pretty unbelievable. Yeah, it is. That is unbelievable. <laughs> like this, it, just saying it out loud, I, I feel a little spoiled that we've reached that point. Um, and I'm down. But at the same time, like, hashtag perspective. Perspective. <laughs> Back one final segment, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Matt Sack, Justin Kalen on your Wednesday edition of the show. Nick Roush is raising his second son. Roll Call. Oh, there's wow, there's, Matt. There's I was napping. I'm sorry, guys. Hey, <laughs> hey, it's all right. Roush does it all the time. Uh, welcome back. So we're happy to have the crew that we've got today. Again, a shout out to Big Blue Drew yesterday, and again, a big thanks to Matt Sack today for filling in and talking some UK sports with us. If you don't have lunch plans today, highly recommend Salsaritas, one of their two locations in Louisville, Middletown or St. Matthews. And this time of the season, when you've got games galore on the weekends, everybody seems to have plans on the weekend, let Salsaritas cater for you. Let them be in charge of the food. Let them be in charge of the setup. You'll take care of the cleanup, but It'll be easy. It's all things considered. That's uh, You just throw away some stuff. You put some stuff in Tupperware. You make your guests take all the leftovers home. Uh, if there are even leftovers, because Salsarita is so good, you're probably going to eat it all up. Download the app. You can do the catering online. You can do your lunch order, your dinner order online, all from the app. Save money, save time. Download the Salsaritas app today. We need to keep going with the Thornton's text line, but Scoots has a radio tease that left us all wondering what in the world is Scoots up to? Take it away, Hoosier Dingus. So, I do not officially think it's running yet, but we have not one, but two Cal promos coming to the Big X. Wow. Yeah. Trevor just, did it. Trevor did it? Trevor did it. See, I was hoping it was just going to, you You took matters into your own hands. No, well. Three, three months. I'm glad I didn't because they sound phenomenal. He He sent them over to me. I guess late last night I was listening to him this morning. So, yeah, two Cal promos coming. Oh, well, Trevor's just been a little stinker lately when it comes to radio stuff, and I think he knows that UofL, he's going to have to pay you $500 and UofL basketball is going to (laughs) stink. He's out of the doghouse. Way to go, Trevor. We're proud of you. You did it. Way to go. All right, so that's your – There's that was the tease. That's it. Yep. Sorry if I let you down. Zach, do you know who – uh, UK sent to SEC Media Day. If you do know, don't answer. I actually do not know. Who do you think? Who do you think they sent? Like a player from our team? Two, they always send two people from the team, and obviously the head coach will be with them. Which two players do you think made the trip this year? Normally, just to, to give you a little hint, um, well, maybe this is a hint, maybe it's not a hint, but they, they want, obviously, good talkers. They don't want people that are going to say anything silly or dumb or get themselves in trouble. Uh, so who do, you, who do you think they sent this year? I'm going to say Jacob Toppin and Oscar Sheepway. Great guesses. That's who I would have gone with. Both are incorrect. Both are? Both are incorrect, believe it or not. Do I get Lance two more Lance guesses Ware. or do I just take the L? Lance Ware, Lance Ware is going down there. And then Severe Wheeler. Which I'm a little surprised with Wheeler. Not that I think he'd be like a liability to say something silly, but he's he's also not always the best quote. Like sometimes he's just not in the mood to really talk. 
but that's that's the crew. They'll have Wheeler and, and Lance Ware at SEC tip-off media days. Always just uh, not a, not a ton of content that comes out of that stuff. No, I thought I thought Saver Wheeler usually handles himself pretty well in interviews. I remember I was a little skeptical when he first came over for the reason that everyone was a little short, not too great at shooting. But he he sold me in his first uh, couple interviews that they did for him over the summer. Well, he's not a bad talker by any means. It, like he just sometimes, if you are interviewing him on like the wrong day, he could just kind of be short with you. Like, and that's okay. That's his right to do that. But you'll have other people that will just have. Like Willie Collie Stein, I still think was one of the best media interviews that Calipari's had. Like he he just even if he had nothing to talk about, he he just would start rambling about nonsense and be really good. Lance Ware, I think, is a great with media. He'll just similar in that regard, where it's like, okay, you know, we can ask you just the old rigmarole questions, but he would take something into a different direction and have some fun with it. That's not saying Wheeler wouldn't do that. Um, just I think you know sometimes Jerry Tipton would ask something and he would very clearly be annoyed or bothered by it and just leave it at that, which is okay. That's his right to do that. But that will be the group heading down to talk for SEC media days. And like I said, you don't normally get a ton of news out of that. Let me ask you this, Zach, you being on campus, everything going to be good with Oscar? I actually haven't seen him. Um, Oh, that's Cal's line. Uh, That was incidental. (laughs) Take it easy, (laughs) Cal. I genuinely have not seen him. Usually I see the players walking around or something. The people that were at Big Blue Madness, like the students that were there, said he did not look good. But I think that's a little bit to be expected. I think he's going to be fine. Um, Everyone that's been close to the situation and reporting it um, has been saying he's going to be fine. But it's UK and injuries, so who knows? Exactly. UK and injuries, you never know. Yeah, and like I'm I'm taking UK at their word for it. I'm taking Kyle Tucker, obviously, who is just talking directly to the staff. They're saying he's not going to miss any games. So I'm just going to go with that and roll with it. But a lot of people noted, commented on, talked about like, oh yeah, he, he looked really he looked really banged up at madness. Well, he was probably just, you know, within twenty four hours maybe 48 hours of having knee surgery probably shouldn't look amazing. Um, But all right. I just wanted to get the on-campus feel of what people thought. Let's keep uh, the text line rolling through. A texter says, I'll ask the question on everyone's mind. Does Roush's baby have ears? I can confirm ears. Can you? At least a ear from the picture that I saw. The picture that he sent us to the group chat, that baby had no ears. But you could see that. Yeah. I mean, so I would that leads me to believe he has no ears. I, I, I saw I saw a picture that I could confirm again, at least one ear. I can I, I'm just going to assume that the baby's got ears. Another type who names their kid Francis Louisville or Tennessee would have been a much better name. <laughs> Matt, he's got one kid named Duke. He named his first kid Duke. I cannot believe that. The first time I heard that on the show, I was a little surprised. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Pretty wild. But uh, avoided the rivalry name. For, at well, least you didn't go with like St. Peter's or something. Well, so they didn't know what they were having. Some people are saying that if it was a girl, it was going to be Carolina. I've heard that rumor. Wow. Carolina Roush. I do wonder <laughs> if, if, if Mrs. Roush was hoping for a girl. Because imagine those two kids and like, 13 years scoots yeah they're gonna be really wild. Probably like, yeah really i mean i don't know when do kids start being little craps you know 
the moment they're born. <laughs> no, excuse <laughs> little Lucy will never be a little crap. Um, but you know, eventually they start being really hyper and having two kids, especially if they have Roush's genes, which we have a lot of reason to believe that they do. You know, that's going to be a lot for that household. And Roush said he wants like six kids, so they're just getting started, bro. On the Justin Rowland family plan. A texter says, so someone is going to steal Big Blue Drew's viral tweet and put it on TikTok, and that's for a MOOC. Uh, and I've seen that on TikTok already a few times, MOOC. It, it's really made the rounds. A lot of people benefiting off Big Blue Drew's Dairy Queen tweet, which was something along the lines of where he asked for a blizzard, and the person was like, sorry, man, we it's not working. And Big Blue Drew was like, well, no need to apologize. It's not your fault. And the guy was like, well, that's where you're wrong. It actually is my fault. I was supposed to reorder the ice cream, and I, 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 was, I was sleeping on the job. Something along those lines. Made for a hilarious tweet. Not as great as rereading it on, on air. Um, Big, Blue, or, uh, Big Blue Matt Sack. Matt, if you ever want to read any of these texts, you're, you're more than welcome to, buddy. I'll start looking through them. Yeah, I don't know if you're up to date on where we're at on them. Uh, another texter says, sorry for the long text yesterday. I didn't plan on it being that lengthy, but to follow up, the last year and a half has made me appreciate your show a lot more, TJ. If I didn't bleed blue and crave any and all UK ton- content, then I would just quit listening to other radio shows. But I'm weak and I need more content every day. I know going into every show, you guys give honest and real opinions, not based off friendships or if the coaches are nice to you guys. The other show can't hold a candle to you all anymore which does make me sad because I grew up listening to them every day. Their new football first mentality is not it. Well, thank you for the text. We appreciate it. We appreciate people that enjoy listening to Kentucky Roll Call. I get a direct message, it seems like, once every week or once every two weeks of somebody just saying how much they appreciate us. And that means a lot because, you know, this isn't necessarily a total labor of love, but we're also not rolling in it. We're just having fun. We're venting. We're talking UK sports every morning. So we're glad that people appreciate it. And we're thankful when people tell us that they appreciate it. It's always nice to hear. But we we're just having fun. It's a good time. Roush and I enjoy talking sports with one another. Scoots has become a close friend to both Roush and ourselves uh, and myself. And then when we can get people like big blue drew or Matt sack to fill in, that's just a treat for everybody involved. So we're very lucky and we're very fortunate to be in the position that we're in. So thank you for that text. We appreciate it. Um, and I understand, you know, there's a lot to love about UK football right now. It, it, it should probably lead radio shows and, if it's not a bye week, it's probably leading our radio show as well. But that's not to say that we're not. I don't think I've ever been more excited for a basketball season. And I feel like I've said that like probably seven times in the Calipari era. But returning national player of the year, absolutely loaded schedule where we feel like UK should or could win every single game on the schedule. Not saying 40, no, they'll slip up at some point. That's just bound to happen. But, Zach, it's a really, really fun time to be a UK basketball fan, even coming off the embarrassing finish that was last season yeah we're gonna get a tournament win this year i feel it we're gonna break the curse <laughs> and you know i want another sec tournament championship you know we i think we had maybe taken some of those for granted when they were rocking and rolling they won the tournament in 12 11 15 16 17 18 it's time to get back to it yeah, I, I, you will probably be spotting Sack in Nashville this year for it. So I hope we could bring in a win. Yeah, have you ever have you ever gone to the SEC tournament? I have not. I wanted to go last year until I learned it was in Tampa. 
get that change of plans, not just a easy little two and a half, three hour drive. Uh, it's a good time. Everything's super expensive and it's everything's super crowded, but it is a lot of fun. I mean, it's a, it's a good party. And especially if the cats win a couple of games and you get them playing on Sunday, it makes for a really, really good time. But uh, the, the St. Patrick's day parade in Louisville is always that weekend sack. And that's a, that's a lot of fun too. Less expensive, but you still get a ton of big blue fans watching the games. It, it makes for a fun time. Another texter says, hey, fellas, Brad from Bellbrook here. Hey, Brad, would you all rather beat Tennessee and end their Cinderella season but have a first weekend exit in the NCAA tournament or make a Final Four run but get destroyed by Tennessee? Personally, I'd rather ruin Tennessee's season because I'm more of a football fan and my best friend is a ball fan, so his tears would be far sweeter than a Final Four. I hope you all have a world-class Wednesday. That's a good question, Brad. Zach doesn't like hypotheticals, though. Um, no, first of all, I am picking final four. I need a tournament win before I leave this college. And I do not care about the university of Tennessee football program as much as the university of Tennessee football program would like to believe I do. If I could get some promise that UK football would like win out the regular season, then I would probably as much as, as weird as it would sound, I'd probably take the, the Tennessee win. That'd be hard to swallow, though, just admitting another bad march coming down the pipe. I, I don't think I, oh, that'd be tough. But if you're going to beat Tennessee and then, like, what if you were to slip up against Missouri or you still lose to, to Georgia or you end up just going to, like, the Las Vegas Bowl at 8-4? and four, Well, then, obviously, I'm definitely taking the Final Four. So, based on this hypothetical, Brad, I'm rolling. I'm just going with the Final Four because that seems safer and easier. But – that's a good one. That's a good. That's a good guess. I think you could find a pretty split audience on on who would choose which. There, Scoots, you have any say on the hypothetical? Um. Well, so my inkling is to take the final four, but I had that whole thing two weeks ago where I said final four. Final four doesn't mean anything. So, I would rather see football destroy Tennessee in their dream season. Yeah, you did have that weird rant. That was a good time. <laughs> a texter says, "Is it just me?" Is it me, or is this not a younger-looking Big Blue Drew? Could be crazy, but I, I can see a to- I can totally see the facial similarities. I don't um, see it at all. I don't see it whatsoever. I don't know who that kid is. And Plumley Bro, if you send more shirtless pictures of kids into the text line, we may have to call the authorities. Don't know who that kid is. <laughs> Alex from Colga here just finished the pod from today, and Scoots is talking a big game about getting his phone subpoenaed. But what about those Twitter history and likes? That's a great point, Texter. Good good job, Alex. Look into whatever you want, Alex. I'm good with it all. He got hacked, he said. He got hacked. Uh, what, all right, so now we're back to the live text from the show today. So, Matt, you want to take that next one? Um, Sure. Sack Attack is back. Had to tune in live today for this one. Shout out the Sack Pack. Thank you guys for listening in. Yeah, we're going to see a huge rating boost from the Sack Pack tuning in today. And ideally, you know, we just get part of the Sack Pack that becomes daily listeners. We keep having Matt back on. Bada boom, bada bing. KRC takes it, goes to new heights thanks to the Sack Pack. Poole and Draymond played 13 minutes together last night, says one texter. Okay, that's nice. Was the, the, Nobody punched each other in the face? I'm sure I, they I probably heard about it if it happened. I'm sure they probably worked it out. You know, they probably, but you'd like to think Draymond was just like, I, I totally apologize for that. I'm sure Jordan Poole probably will never be his biggest fan again, understandably so. But I also thought it was weird that Draymond was one, wanting to get in trouble 
whoever leaked the video. And two, he went on to say, like, you only saw one side of it. It's like, what in the world could pull a pot, pot, unless he just gave you, like, the worst crop dusting of all time. Even that's probably not enough for getting slugged in the face. But, um, yeah, Draymond just kind of seems like a goober, if you ask me. Seems like his career's winding down as well. Uh, Texture says, who's this Yankee Rick dude? That'd be you, Zach. That's me? <laughs> yeah, they hear your Chicago accent. Oh, nice. That's me. Which That's I, me, Matt Sack. I, I had several good friends. One of my one of my best friends uh, I met at UK was from Chicago, and he now lives in Louisville. Um, he was from Winfield, if you're familiar with the area up there. Sack. It's a really small little town. I have not heard of it. The funny thing is when I actually like lived in Chicago, people um, like my friends actually thought I had like a Southern drawl. So uh, funny how it all comes full no. circle. No, you, I, I hear your little Chicago accent. It, it sounds just like my buddies from Chicago who came to UK. It, and again, I, I don't think it's like severe, severe wheeler scoots to do that joke for the night. Damn it. I didn't get it in time. Yeah, it's okay. Um, but yeah, you got a little Chicago accent to you. Yeah, bear down. We're running the north this year. Man, that's a bummer. You're a Bears fan. How did you end up a White Sox fan over Cubs? Um, I'm from the South Side. Cubs are North Siders. South Side. I think you told me that before. A texter says, uh, "If you had to make a bet, can Kentucky's defense hold Tennessee to less points than Alabama? Is Kentucky's defense at full strength better than Alabama? Probably not better than Alabama, but just I, I do think they'll hold." Tennessee to under 52 points, Zach. I don't think that's really all that hot of a take. Um, that was just kind of the style of that, the way that game turned into. Turned into a big-time shootout. Neither team was overly concerned about possession or, or clock management because they both thought they could just score on the other team easily. So what was the issue there? But, yes, Tennessee will not score 52 points on the Cats. Yeah, Tennessee also had to open up their full playbook to beat Alabama. We know they didn't leave anything unused, and now Brad White has two weeks to look at it. So I think we hold them a little tighter. And come away with the big W. Uh, all right, what do we got next, Zach? You read the next one. Um, KRC was listening to yesterday's podcast and realized I'm only two years older than Hendon Hooker, but I've been graduated from college since 2000. Uh, since May of 2018, that's wild that he's still playing college football. Yes, it is. It is crazy. He's still playing college football. Um, what I know he transferred. I, has he? I know. He, like, how is he so old? What happened? I don't know. Maybe just held back a lot. COVID. I don't know. I, don't, I, I honestly really don't know. I feel like football players are given a lot more red shirts than basketball players. So I'm not exactly sure how that works out, but um, seems kind of sketch to me. We only get one red shirt, regardless. But you can use a medical red shirt if that happens. Maybe that I, I bet Roush would probably know. But um, that is crazy that he is like a year younger than Daniel Jones, Lamar Jackson, quarterbacks that are doing making an impact in the NFL, including an MVP, which is just wild. But a texter says, "I'm in France, still listening to you guys. Can I get a come on? Come, come on." on. There you go. There you go. Thanks for listening in France. What's going on in France, Texter? You talking to Olivier Saar? Isn't his little brother a, a star, Sack? Um, I think I've seen some recruiting because I mean, he actually looks pretty good. He looks really similar to his brother. They have similar games, but uh, might be the real deal. Yeah, I think I think he's going to go G League or go pro. But um, yeah, 
He's supposedly really, really, really good. A texture says, if Sack has some sort of bad magic voodoo to the state's college, he should move to Tennessee immediately. Got to take one for the team. No, I'm not that bold. Um, I might just go somewhere else, but can't do Knoxville. Sorry. What What was the uh, runners-up in your college decision-making? Uh, Purdue was actually the number one choice for <laughs> the longest time. Um, <laughs> but you made I a actually, great decision, Matt. I, I toured Kentucky and fell in love with it, and I came here when we beat Wofford um, in that 2019 tournament game and just kind of fell in love with the atmosphere and campus and all of that, so. We're, we're cats now. That was a good game. That was a fun one. Uh, people were pretty nervous about it. Wofford was the trendy team who stormed Murphy and some of those other goobers on that group. Uh, cats played a solid game, though, and it was still kind of close. UK played all right, and, and Wofford still kind of hung around. Um, but yeah, that, that's funny. That's funny. That was the game that kind of hooked you in while you were on campus. Another texture says, Tennessee already put up new goalposts. Damn. Ah, bummer. I liked your idea there. Also... Such they Tennessee asking for donations for the goalposts after their athletic director had already said they already had goalposts. Basically, it was just donate to the football program. We got a big win. Give us your money. Pathetic. Plus, Jason, Justin already knows where they are. So that's true. Texter says, John here. Good morning to all. Hello, Matt. Glad you are part of the best sports radio show in the land. So after yesterday, there will be some competition going down in Houston, and you all know where I stand. Don't worry, TJ. I will not say the name of the team. So tell me, KRC crew, while you were attending school, where was the one place outside of campus that you would see some of the high-profile athletes? Was there a certain restaurant or other facility, or did you ever get to hang out for more than 15 minutes with them. We'll got to go talk to you later. John, congrats to your Yankees. Best of luck in the ALCS. Uh, there will be no winner in that series, whether the Astros or the Yankees. Um, and nice win for the Phillies last night uh, to beat the Padres. So there's your baseball update. I'm sure John will keep us updated when the Yankees win and probably won't hear from them when the Yankees lose. But, Zach, uh, you're the one that's still on campus. Where do you see the, where do you see the students? I actually haven't seen him in a minute, but intern Jacob hit me up a couple days ago saying that the whole team was at the Hill, which is like oh. I think where the two keys used to be. Okay. I didn't know that that was the name of it. When you said the Hill, I was actually thinking Keeneland. Oh, no. The, there's a new bar named the Hill. I think it's right where the old two keys used to be. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, when I was on campus, you wouldn't really, or when I was at UK, you just run into them randomly. Like sometimes late night at Qdoba, you'd see a player. Um, you'd see them maybe at a party or at a bar every so often. Uh, I, I think enough time has passed, but we were at the bar the same night. Maxwell Smith was celebrating his 21st birthday at UK. And boy, he was living it up large. So you just run into people, players, athletes, kind of randomly. They are just regular people like other folks. Um, Texter says, good morning, guys. TJ, you are two for two on guests this week. Zach, thanks for bringing the basketball talk. But I do have one question. What does HOH mean? And that's from our good, loyal listener, Shannon O'Bannon. She's a Big Brother fan. She should know it means head of household. Zach, is that what it means, head of household? Um, I cannot say what it means on air, but we usually just go by hoops over hygiene is the more PG version of it. What I've been told from a source close to the situation is it's house of um, an H word 
that like devils have horns, other animals have horns. It's house of something along those that that word. Um, I don't get it, but I'm also over the age of thirty, and so uh, college kids do 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 fun parties like that. So, um, and and Sack says it usually ends up just being a bunch of guys. Yeah, shout out HOH tailgates. <laughs> this year's depth is so fun because we have the ability to play so many different ways. Going ten deep with redundant depth is foolish, but giving yourself more options is good business regarding UK basketball. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, like I said before, just pace of play is so much higher. If you guys, if you got guys that can play, you could give other teams different looks and mix it up and keep everyone fresh while doing it. Go for it, Cal. And how are we going to find out what the best groups are or who plays the best together? I mean, obviously they have practices and whatnot, but games are different. So the more you kind of mix up lineups, the more we get to see how different guys respond with one another. Come March, you would hopefully feel pretty good about, hey, this is our group. This is this is who we're going to run with. And then there'll be different lineups for different situations and different scenarios, obviously. You probably could play really, really fast if you wanted to. And that uh, really fast lineup maybe doesn't involve Severe Wheeler on the floor. Maybe it doesn't even involve Oscar on the floor. Um, or if you need shooting, you know, you're going to have a bunch of different options. So good text. Might have missed it, but how could a guy named Sack not give us one big suck it? Suck it, Texter. Yeah, there you there go. You get what Stack you asked texter. for. There you go. All right. Um, another texture says house of heroin. No, not that. It's not that. Not that. Not that kind of house. Uh, we are out of time, as always, on Kentucky Roll Call. We went a little long. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. I think Big Blue Drew is going to be back, and we may be in studio, and then hopefully have Sack on uh, either Friday or maybe later in the week. We'll have to work it out with his schedule, or later next week, I should say, because who knows how long Roush is going to be out, and we got to work it out with Sack's schedule. But, Matt, we really appreciate your time. This was a lot of fun. I appreciate you having me on. Roll call. It always flies by the two hours. A good basketball discussion today. Scoots, have a great Wednesday. Enjoy the rest of your day, buddy. Thanks. I will. I'll be at work if you need me. Okay. I will not. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Matt Sack, and Justin Kalen. We'll be back tomorrow. Oh, you be left in